Welcome to The Short Score, your weekly update of rope and news from around the industry, where you can find the latest on the sport from the pro rodeo ranks to the jackpot world. I'm Taylor Vollen, and I'm your host. Hey everyone, welcome back to The Short Score. It's your host, Taylor Vollen. We are a little over a week away from the NFR, and we have one last NFR rookie to introduce y'all to. Today, you guys are going to get to hear a little bit from Marcus Terrio. Marcus, of course, doesn't need much of an introduction. He's been making a name for himself since winning the junior high finals, the high school finals, the college finals, the timed event, and he's the son of world champion Herbert Terrio. Marcus made the NFR, like I said, for the first time this year, heading for his cousin Cole Curry. And I think it's safe to say a lot of people really thought Marcus would actually make the finals for the first time in the calf Open. And we actually talk a little bit about that on today's episode. We also just talk about what it means to finally make the NFR, what it took to get there, and what he's looking forward to the most. This episode is presented by Five Star Equine Comfort Pads. Five Star's exclusive wool, quality, and craftsmanship has set the standard in the equine industry. Five Star's durability has been proven in the arena, on the ranch, and on the trail. Custom designs and styles to fit even the toughest of back lines, Five Star has a pad for your horse. And best of all, all five-star equine products are handcrafted in the USA. Let us take the worry out of keeping your horse comfortable while you enjoy the ride. Customize your pad at fivestarequine.com. So, I mean, I think everybody knows at least a little bit about who you are, but let's start with your background and how you kind of got into rodeo and roping and things like that. Uh, just, you know, my dad and my whole family rodeo, that's, I mean, I only had like one or two family members uh, in my family that did not rodeo. So it, it was, it was definitely a, uh, sport picked out for me growing up mm-hmm. that I, I was going to rodeo and, uh, just, you know, whenever I was a kid, I, uh, most of my life was on the road, you know, with my dad. And, uh, that, that, that's what somebody was talking about the other day. Uh, you know, all the things kids do as kids whenever mm-hmm. they're little. And most of my life that I remember whenever I was that little was on the road, you know. It, right. Dodge, I, I can remember whenever I was little. Like, I remember places like Dodge City and Cheyenne and Salinas and places like that just... I, I do have, you know, kind of like flashbacks of them places whenever I go there. But uh, it it was cool uh, growing up, you know, on the road. And that that was definitely the sport I was going to do as a kid. And then, you know, like my dad said, I didn't really have a choice when I was a kid. And then once I was old enough to make a choice, you know, if I wanted to continue doing it, that was my business. Right. When do you think you kind of realized you wanted to make a living out of it Mm, I I guess you know always especially you know with my dad's situation doing Mm -hmm. what he done for a living and it it was always I'm gonna rodeo for a living I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do that but I I would say you know kind of like whenever I won my first saddle I think I was probably 11 Mm-hmm. That, that that's when it like I, I i can remember you know wanting to be very competitive at it you know after it, so, sometime in that area yeah 
So, I mean, you talk a lot about your dad, and obviously for good reason, a world champ, NFR qualifier. But was there ever any pressure from yourself to kind of follow in his footsteps when you were growing up? Uh, no, I, I wouldn't say that. I, I've, I, I've never felt pressure, you know, far as that case. Mm-hmm. And he's definitely been a, a rock in my life because the, the, there's never been no pressure for him right. from him far as we've got to do good. But mm-hmm. if we're going to do it, we're definitely going to do our best and we're going to work at it because, you know, m- money wasn't a huge help in our life so yeah if we were going to do it and put forth the effort and the money you know we, we needed to be able to be good at it and you know doing it for a purpose mm-hmm. and that's fair i think too a lot of people i mean everybody knows that you had good but i think a lot of people expected you to make it in the calf open first would you agree yeah. with that oh yes <laughs> yeah you know looking back I think it was the part where I told somebody the other day, I think the part that drove me head heading mm-hmm. was that everybody thought it was my worst event. <laughs> and it was almost like I'll, uh, I'll make it heading probably my rookie year or, or, you know, I'll make it heading quickly and I can always go back to roping cats uh-huh. and bulldogging. And then by my fourth year in the PRCA, I'll be making it in all three events. Uh-huh. You know, it's just such a roller coaster, and as as a kid, you know, you face the uh, the facts of it mm-hmm. and the uh, real life, and, and it just you know things don't really work out like you your childhood <laughs> dreams. For but, sure. But yes, I, I would definitely say I I should have made the finals roping calves first because I was way better at roping calves than I was heading, and I just. I don't know why I really lost the fire roping calves, right. but I, and I still, I love to rope calves. Mm-hmm. I do. It's not like I hate the event. I love the event and, uh, you got to work really hard at it. And I just, I didn't really have the horses whenever I, it was time for me to pro rodeo. Right. I had two decent head horses and it just, uh, it just seemed to be a, I, I don't know. I don't really know mm-hmm. why I did no, that's fair. Is that something you think might still be on your radar, or are you undecided? Uh, yeah, I've actually got a young horse now that's the first horse I've had in a long time that I had uh, any desire to do anything with, and he's, uh, he's a pretty nice horse, and I've been roping calves a lot more than usual, probably on him. I actually, I've practiced two or three times on him, and haven't done that in mm-hmm. three or four years, and, uh, I'm pretty excited about him. I don't know if it'll be next year. And, yeah. Uh, you know, it might be the year after that. But, yeah, I, I would like to try to open calves again. Right. You know, you brought up how making the finals as a kid seems like such an easier thing to do almost. What do you think has been the most surprising thing about your journey to making the finals? What has kind of shocked you the most about what it takes? Just the the mental game of, uh, you know, of staying gone. You're not at home. Mm-hmm. You know, since I was a little boy, amateur rodeo with my dad, it's never been if we were going to win. It was how much we were going to win. Yeah. How we're going to win. And just, you know, into the big leagues, it's, 
you have got to keep that mindset no matter how bad it's going. You know, I, I've seen guys, uh, I'm sure he won't mind me using him, for example, <laughs> uh, Tyler Wade this summer. Oh, yeah. I, I've never seen him struggle like that. And, I mean, that guy looked yeah. as down as you can possibly get. And then they come out of that and mm-hmm. won like 20-something thousand at two or three rodeos. Right, and, yeah. I mean, it's just you've got to have the confidence that it's going to turn around even when it seems really far-fetched. Mm-hmm. You're like, I ain't caught one in 12 steers. Uh, how, how am I going to win, you know, 10,000 next week? Yeah. But uh, I think that's just the huge part of it is, is staying mentally focused mm-hmm. and uh, keeping confidence in yourself. Right. So, okay, on the same vein of the mental game, you guys fought the bubble there at the end. I mean, how was your mental game going through that? What was kind of on your mind? <laughs> there was a lot of stuff on my mind because I had been <laughs> in this situation before. Uh-huh. Uh, in Dozier and 17, yeah. we were on the bubble and uh, got to the Northwest. That was the year that all the fires up there or whatever, yeah. and his horse ended up getting pneumonia, and his good horse died up there at, I'm thinking it was, uh, I'm trying to think of the name of that, Lewiston, Idaho, I think is where we lost that horse. And, uh, you know, after that, we, he was hopping around on horses, mm-hmm. and we did nothing. And we... Uh, by the last week, we didn't even really have a chance. And so this year, Cole's horse, you know, everything's going. Didn't start the fourth off, off right, and then we got on track and was having a, you know, pretty good summer. And uh, got to Ellensburg, just thought we needed, you know, about 10 more thousand. Had, mm-hmm. I don't know how many rodeos we had left, but had plenty of rodeos left to get it. And uh, he crippled his good horse up there. Well, then... He got on his second string horse, and it, it was not going good. He didn't He didn't have, you know, the feel that he had on his good horse, which none of us do. Right, I, yeah. I think a lot of people have numerous horses, but – and you can think whatever you want to about your horse, but your, your number one horse is your rock, and you've mm-hmm. definitely got way more confidence on him. I don't care if you're riding your second stringer at an amateur rodeo. You know, you still – that that confidence to me is on my good horse mm-hmm. and you know it wasn't going good and then like there's all these thoughts not again mm-hmm. and uh he ended up barring one of colby Payne's horses yeah. that was the older horse and definitely proven and uh we kind of got back on track there and we done good at ellensburg and then everybody's like and you're in and i'm like ah, i don't know and they're like, no, no, you're definitely in. I think I had like 91 after Ellensburg. Mm-hmm. I think it ended up taking 102. Right. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it just, you know, after Ellensburg, everybody's, you know, talking about you're in, you're in. So I think we want a little bit more. but And then it was looking like it was going to take a lot more if the situation went right at Sioux Falls. Yeah. And it, it almost did. And uh, what was crazy is before I went to Sioux Falls, I actually done really good at Pasadena mm-hmm. and maybe somewhere else I placed. I don't remember. And uh, anyways, everybody's like, oh, now you're for sure in. You just got to go get your partner in. And I'm like, well, I, I like winning everywhere I go and I'm not going to do, you know, it's not like I'm going for first 
with a, you know, dumb attitude about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, went up there, and sure enough, I it, it was great. We done good at Sioux Falls, or I wouldn't have made it either. So it's just a, it, it, it was a long, stressful <laughs> six weeks, two months, whatever you want to call it. For sure. But from the time, you know, our whole year had been pretty – Fairy tale perfect, really. Mm-hmm. We, uh, we had a good winter. Mm-hmm. Led into us not doing good at the start of the fourth, which it didn't matter because we had a little cushion from the winter. And then we got back on track, and everything looked, you know, perfect. We just got to keep coasting, keep catching steers and doing our job, and we're fine. And then when we lost his horse, it was like, oh, God, yeah. not this Marion. Right. God, yeah, that probably was like deja vu all over again for you, huh? Oh, it, it, it so was. You know, same, pretty much same position uh, in the Northwest with not much time left. It's not like, you know, we had three months left. For we'll sure. try mm-hmm. horses around, get one that fits you, and then we'll be back on track. You know, there's like, there's just no time for error out yeah. there. You know, I'm, I mean, we kind of already talked about it, but... What are some things you feel like people at home might not understand about life on the road and trying to make the finals? <laughs> a lot, I'm sure. That's that's, uh, that, 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 that's kind of funny you bring that up because you, you hear people just talk about, oh, God, I cannot believe he ain't caught one in so uh, many years. Yeah. You know, just, and it's, it's just like, man, you don't understand. You know, you know, anytime you have a bad weekend around here, you go home, you put your horse in your stalls at home, you pin up your practice steers, you know what they're going to do, and you just, you know, can kind of work on your stuff. Well, out there, you're liable to miss six in a row, uh-huh. can't find nowhere to practice, don't have time to find nowhere to practice. Mm-hmm. You, you miss, you know, high call somewhere, and then you get in your truck and you drive 10 hours, and guess what you think about for 10 hours <laughs> is messing up over their high call. You yeah. know, people don't, I, I think the people that's never rodeoed, anybody that thinks they possibly can make the finals should go rodeo. <laughs> now we're there, you know, uh-huh. everybody's on the same playing field here on thinking about it. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it's just so stressful. You know, uh, you, you're not winning. You're not around your family. You know, you, you talk to them on the phone, but, mm-hmm. it, but it's not the same as being at home. And, you know, you're you messing up over here and, you know, you get to see your mama the next day. Baby, it's okay. You're still great. Uh-huh. You know, it's just not like that out yeah. there. And it, you're gone for so long and just, it, it, it's tough. It, it is, I, I can tell you, I never thought about this kind of stuff whenever I was, you know, mm-hmm. a kid going with my dad. Right, yeah. So, kind of talking about support, family support, and how it does look different when you're on the road. Kind of talk a little bit a little bit about the support that you do have and how that is kind of a good thing like how that does help though still oh uh, from everybody that supports me from family around here and friends that are close to this family i mean i look at them as they are family and it's just crazy because i i thought about you know just driving the other day i was thinking about all the stuff you know that that i have to depend on other people for just like when I'm gone and stuff needs done at home and you know just people in my life support it 
nobody's getting anywhere in this business without support mm-hmm. and help. You know, it takes a lot of that. And I, I, uh, I definitely couldn't be where I am in my career if it wasn't for the support of my family and friends. And, uh, you know, it, it just back to my dad, you know, having his success, it, it just, you know, out there when it's tough, I, we probably talk three or four times a day and mm-hmm. then, uh, it, it, it's definitely a help just to talk to somebody that's been in that situation, knows how I think, mm-hmm. and you know, really how I act in certain situations. It, it that that that's huge for me. Right. Okay, so kind of switching gears. What have you been doing since you've been home to prepare for the finals? I actually set up the arena at my house and. uh Bought some steers that we thought would be pretty legit to the final steers. And uh, we've been practicing here. I've went to uh, Caleb Drew's house, and we rode there twice. I think we've been out there twice. So, And and it's crazy just, you know, talking about the support of of friends and family, just how much he's helped us with very little bit of stuff that I I never thought about. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I always thought I make the finals. I can take the bulldog and start and stick it on them. That's no problem. And uh-huh. just there, there's so much more to it. And just he, he's really broke it down for us and helped us with that. And, uh, you, you know, just right back to where you are. It's when you really look back at your stuff and think about your career, it's very humbling where you would be without the help of other people. Mm-hmm. But I, uh, we, we've just been practicing and going whenever I first got home we was uh went to a few circuit rodeos and went to the circuit finals and oh, yeah. just roping hanging out enjoying home for sure mm-hmm. is the whole family gonna go out there with y'all yeah uh at different points of the week gotcha uh, pr- pretty much uh yeah a lot of my family's coming out <laughs> well I ask just, because I know you've got a quite the big family that's very involved so yeah yeah that's right so i'm assuming you probably picture that first steer in the thomas and mac every day huh oh man (laughs) it's it's so crazy that's what i told somebody i told somebody the other day they're like are you ready i'm like i'm ready to run him Mm -hmm. and they're like what do you mean i'm like i feel sharp and i'm sick of waiting to run this deer yeah i'm at a point now where let's do it tonight like <laughs> I, I just my patience aren't very good uh-huh. and this situation of just a waiting game is I, i'm not about it yeah okay probably the silliest question because i think it's an easy but a hard question to answer at the same time but what does it feel and mean to finally make it oh it, it it's a great feeling you know just for since I was a little boy, you know, planning on making it, and then, you know, I, this was I think my sixth year, and I had to put a lot more years into it than I planned on it mm-hmm. taking for me to make my first finals. And I think that's made it a lot more special. Really, is how much work and years I've had to put into making it, and uh, I think that's built it up even more for me. But uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, it's just rodeo. We do it because we love it, and it's. It's fun, so that's that's kind of the way I'm going to take this. It's just another steer. Pays a lot more than most of them, or all of them. Mm-hmm. So, 
at the end of the day, it's just another rodeo.